This week on the show, I talk about rest and I get deep into that internal struggle that I think so many of us recognize between our hearts and our heads. Our hearts telling us to lean into joy and to play and to purpose. And then our heads telling us we should get more work done and we should hustle and we should grind. I unpack my own experience shifting from that hustle and grind energy into something more restful and how I'm navigating landing in this totally new pace in life. It's a good episode. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, 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 my darlings. It's that time of the week. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I hope whatever this week has brought you so far that you're feeling good, that you're feeling good. I, I really sense this big longing in my whole entire body for us all, all of us collectively, to just have a really good week. Not just a week where we're kind of getting by or a week that isn't shit or a week that isn't, you know, at least a little bit better than last week, which was horrible. You know, a week that's great, like a good week, a week where we just look back on Sunday and we look back at the week and we're like, man, that was, this was a good one, you know? <laughs> I, I have the feeling right now that a lot of us, we've kind of lowered our bar a little bit around what it actually means to, to feel good, what it means to have a good day, what it means to have a good week, what it means to have a good life with all the stuff that we are moving through collectively and all the, the, the collective hardship and pain and a world that just feels like it's accelerating more and more and not getting back to normal, but propelling into crazier times. I don't know. That's that's kind of how I feel. I feel like our bar for what it feels like to to, to feel grounded and balanced is really low these days. I I've really had that feeling that, okay, if I if I'm not, you know, feeling like actual despair, if I'm not feeling depressed, if I'm not grieving the state of the world, if I'm not in 
like a, a heightened sense of alert, if my nervous system isn't like, you know, going a little bit crazy and haywire, then I'm good, right? <laughs> That's the baseline now. Well, at least it's not that, right? So what used to be this like not super good time has now become like solid, right? Our bar is is low. Or maybe it's just me. I don't think so. No, I know it's not just me. I know it's all of us. And I had this this realization this week after having gone through just a lot of consecutive challenging shitty weeks and then having a couple of good days like actually good days getting to remind myself of what it feels like to feel good not just to not be sick not just to not be nervous or anxious but to actually feel good good <laughs> how amazing it is right how when we feel good everything flows, all the things that feel daunting and difficult and hard to overcome are all of a sudden just completely manageable. It's so easy to get stuck in this bubble of, well, everything is hard when we're not feeling good in our bodies, when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling nervous and anxious. And it's almost impossible to have an actual proper perspective on the things that we are dealing with personally when we're not feeling great. Of course, like when we're not feeling great and when we're freaking out about the state of the world, everything feels like a panicky thing. And I just, I want for us all, all of us to have just some good days, just some really, 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 really good days so that we can bring that baseline back up, right? And it's a hard thing to do. I mean, I mean, it is. I... I'm so grateful I had I have I've had a pretty good week. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but it's I, I'm feeling better in my body. The sun has come out. Okay, word picture. So I'm sitting in the same place I always sit when I record this podcast. I'm looking out at the same lake. I'm looking out at the same pine and spruce trees outside my window. But I am also looking out at my hammock. Dennis and I hung our hammock. We have a really cute little wooden like hammock stand that he assembled for me and, and hung our very pretty like macrame-ish beige like natural fiber hammock that I adore so much. And I can kind of see the hint of it like right in front of me. Like, you know, I see that and then I see the lake. There's sunshine. I contemplated recording this podcast outside. I did. And um, when it gets warmer, it's still not that warm. Like if you're in the sun, it's really warm. But as soon as, as you're in the shade, it's really, really, really cold. And I don't know, I don't know what the sounds are going to be like, if it's going to be windy or not. But I would love to record this podcast outside when it gets to that kind of weather. But the sun came out. And obviously, the sun coming out after a really long winter, it was like the proverbial sun coming out inside of me when I started feeling physically better better, and not dealing with all the health stuff we've been dealing with lately. The whole family has been so sick for a while. So on the inside, I felt like, oh my God, the sun is coming out. I can, you know, I can do stuff again. I suddenly feel inspired to like go for a long walk and move my body. I haven't moved in so long. And then the sun actually came out and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, life's great. Life's awesome. And I'm just becoming acutely aware of how low my bar has been over the past month, two months of just, just, just feeling kind of constantly shitty. And it, it's kind of felt like if I have had a personally, like individually, me in my life, a good time, a solid time, a grounded time, then everything feels like it's collapsing on the outside collectively. 
And then I've had these feelings like, okay, well, collectively, like we're getting a pause now. I feel like things are, at least my perception of the world feels a little bit more grounded than I have personally been kind of caving. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what it's been. And then now I had a couple of days where, uh, yeah, I just, I just felt grounded overall and the sun actually came out and I feel so very grateful for that. Grateful for the little things. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So I thought before we uh, dive too deep into the show, we should take a moment to breathe together. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a, a solid grounding at the beginning of a show. So I want you to take a moment right now. You can close your eyes if that feels good. And whenever I say, I always almost, sometimes I forget, but pretty much always I say, close your eyes if it feels good, if you feel safe, if that helps you, right? If it's helpful to close the eyes. Sometimes it's not. So, you know, I, I really want to honor our own ability to make these small and big choices around how we sit, around our posture, around how we breathe, around how we move, around whether or not we close our eyes, just for us to really get that sense of what actually is helpful. It's easy to get stuck in this little bit of a rut where we're just listening to what other people say where we think a practice has to be this way. So we do that same thing all the time. And, and we lose that nuance of actually listening to, to the body and listening to our hearts and, and feeling into what we truly need. So if it's helpful for you, close your eyes. If it's helpful for you, you can sit up a little bit taller in your seat. And it might feel more helpful to just relax a little bit deeper into the couch or into the seat or the chair that you're on right now. Sometimes when I want to take a moment to ground, the thing that feels the most helpful for me is collapsing onto the floor and just lying flat on my back. So feel into your body, just what 
feels like it could be comforting to you in this moment. And doing a little check-in here, you know, do you need something right now? Just a little check-in of the body, check-in of the heart. Do you need something right now? Are you a little bit chilly? Do you need a blanket? Are you a little bit warm? Do you need to remove a sweater or your socks or a layer of clothing? Do you need a glass of water? Go grab one right now. Just do you need something? If there's something you need, maybe a pillow or a cushion or something to just support you a little bit more. Don't wait, but offer that to yourself in this exact moment. Do it now. And then when you feel like your most foundational needs have been met, meaning you're not in this exact moment lacking something or feeling discomfort in a way that you can actually adapt to or help or support. Let's see if you can soften your shoulders just a little bit more as you begin deepening your breath. So we're leaning into comfort right now. We're leaning into meeting our needs right now. This practice of cultivating presence or a practice of meeting a place of presence inside of ourselves, it doesn't have to be rigid, doesn't have to be structured, doesn't have to look in a particular way. It doesn't have to be what any teacher has told you it's supposed to be like. It's literally your own experience of presence inside of your body. And I find that oftentimes the thing that actually is helpful for us when it comes to quieting the mind or getting that sense of grounding back isn't to repeat the things we've been told that we're supposed to do. And it isn't mimicking the stuff that we've seen in books or had taught to us in yoga class or meditation retreats. But it's asking ourselves that question again and again and again. What do I need right now? What is helpful for me right now? And then after having asked the question, giving ourselves that space to actually feel and listen. What is helpful for me right in this moment? And when I ask myself this question throughout the day, I often realize that the thing I need, first of all, it's, it's usually much closer than my mind tells me it is. So when I'm not present in my body and I feel overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, I think that the thing I need is so unaccessible to me. The thing I need is so far away. The thing I need is so hard for me to get. The thing I need is to have this big problem solved or for another person to change or for the world to be different. But when I actually slow down and I bring myself closer to a place of comfort, and I take a deep breath and I place my hand to my heart. I close my eyes. The thing I need right in this very moment is often something I can reach for. 
It's often something I can give myself or something I can ask for help around. Oftentimes, it's like I need an afternoon that's just a break. I need some space. It could be I, I need a big glass of water. I'm totally dehydrated. I didn't drink all day. It could be I need to lie flat on the floor for 15 minutes and breathe. I need a, a hug, right? I need a moment of silence. I need all those things that I, I forget to reach for when my mind is spinning because I think the thing that's going to fix how I'm feeling is, is so far away. Most of them are available to me right now. And actually, I have many resources that I can give and offer to myself when I need something when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm sad, when I'm anxious. And what's usually missing in my day-to-day is that spaciousness, right? That moment where I can actually feel and listen, well, what do I need? So as you are sitting here now, you know, you've already, just by allowing your body to find a truly comfortable space, by breaking some rules, by lying down or not having perfect posture or doing whatever you need to feel comfortable in your body. You're already here meeting your needs. So from that place, if you really check in, just with a deeper breath in and a deeper breath out, what do you need right now? Right now, in this moment, what would actually be helpful for you? And we bring that awareness a little bit further from the mind, or we shift awareness from the mind, from our thoughts, and really bring ourselves home to the body. What is your body asking of you? What is something that you could give yourself today that isn't, you know, fixing every problem in your life that isn't changing the whole entire world that isn't changing or fixing a social political situation it's not that big macro idea of what what is needed right but in this moment here now in your heart in your breath in your body what is helpful for you What is something you can offer to yourself today that is really, truly helpful? Just taking a few breaths as you open up into that space. Trusting that you already know the answer to this question. You already know. So placing a hand to your heart, if it's not there already. Making a commitment to yourself right here, right now. You know, when we make commitments to other people, to loved ones in our lives, we tend to take them very seriously. And when we make commitments to ourselves or promises to ourselves, we normally are the first ones to break them, right? 
we say we're going to stop doing that thing or we're going to start doing that thing or we're going to shift this. And then it's so easy to break our own promises to ourselves. So I want you to really take a moment here, hand to heart, and make this commitment to yourself to meet your own needs today. That thing that you felt in your heart just a moment ago is something that could be truly helpful, that could be really supportive. Make sure you go do that thing, right? Whether it's a little bit of movement, right? Going for that run or having that dance party in your kitchen, taking that yoga class or turning off your phone for the rest of the day or asking someone for help or whatever the thing is, make that commitment. Promise yourself, today I will give myself what I need. And then hold yourself to that promise. Hand to heart, heart to hand. We take one more deep breath in. Open the mouth and let go. <sighs> mm. So if you had your eyes closed, you can blink them open. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wow. Meeting our own needs is really the, it's absolutely the theme and the topic of my week. It's, um, <laughs> I don't think it's surprising. You know, I'm in the middle of our home course right now, this seven-week course that I'm that I'm leading and every week has a specific theme. And last week's theme was around meeting our needs, around true self-care, the real actual meaning of self-care, identifying what our needs are and then continuing to do that throughout the day and using the tools and practices that are supportive for us to get to that space of really being able to listen and I feel like it's it's interesting as I'm going through this course because last week's topic often spills into this current week and then I'm also kind of with one foot in the next week, just preparing the content, making sure it's perfect. So I feel like, I, I really feel like this work that I put in place a year ago, you know, I feel like it's working on me. <laughs> which is always so interesting when it comes to, to holding space for people or leading a group or a retreat or, or something like that, how even, or maybe especially if we've put ourselves in that place of, okay, well, I'm, I'm guiding this, right? It's like, I'm not receiving it. I'm giving it, I'm guiding it, I'm teaching it. We always get the lessons that we really need. You know, the reason that I set out to create that specific course and I chose that topic and that theme, it's because it's areas of my own life that I struggle with, right? So 
This week, I have just been so deeply contemplating my own needs and how oftentimes I have this big struggle between my head and my heart constantly, constantly, because I have this idea in my head of the kind of person I'm supposed to be, the kind of life I'm supposed to lead, the things I'm supposed to get done in a day, this idea of what it means to be successful, this idea of what it means to be a good person, be a good wife, be a good mom, be a good boss. I have all of these ideas in my, in my brain and not all of them are true, right? A lot of them are, are actually passed down conditionings from long ago. It's things I've picked up because society has told me I'm supposed to believe them. It's things my parents told me that actually don't align at all with what I really believe or who I am. It's, it's life, right? And then when I check in with my actual needs and I go to my heart and I go to my body and then my heart and my body tells me something different and it doesn't align with what my head says, then all of a sudden I find myself in this place of struggle. So an example of that is I, I, I really am, I'm, I'm really so deeply trying to give myself more space to rest and, and not just to not just to rest as in like sleep an extra hour at night, which already that is a really hard thing for me, but rest as in as in recalibrating my whole entire life. It's almost like I have to reframe how I look at life to make space for rest because I've spent an entire lifetime telling myself and being told that that it's that's lazy, you know, that I would be lazy if I if I rested, that actually I'm supposed to maximize my output in my day, that a day has not been a successful day or a day I can feel good about if I didn't kick ass that day, if I didn't hustle, if I didn't grind, if I didn't work super intensely, you know, and it's not even really about ticking off all the things on my to-do list, but it's this, this feeling of if I was in perpetual motion that day, if I really pushed, you know, if I had that feeling at the end of the day, man, I'm exhausted because I worked so hard, then that's a good day right? Then that's a, a successful day. That's a day I can feel proud about. And for years now, my heart and my poor body has been telling me so very loudly that this is, this is bullshit, that actually this, this is this archaic old patriarchal idea that, that isn't mine, that doesn't align with who I am, that doesn't nourish me, that doesn't support me in any way, actually. It doesn't support me getting closer to the life I want to live. It doesn't bring me closer to my goals. It doesn't make me feel better in my life. Actually, it's it's this big fat lie that I've been fed over and over and over and over and over again. And I've had the realization now again and again, right? Because I have to keep learning this so many times. And it's it's kind of like I I've realized that I I know the kind of life I want. Right? I, I am well aware, I'm totally anchored in the, the kind of life I actually want to live, which is a peaceful life, a restful life, a joyful life, a life that, that is about quality of my day versus the quantity and intensity of my output. You know, it's, it's, I want something very, very, very different. But 
these ideas, right, this conditioning around what it means to be successful, what it means to be a good person, what it means to, you know, it's still so anchored inside of me. It's still, it's so strong. So when I plan my week, <laughs> and I've, I've kind of had this whole year, actually, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's, a, it's almost May now. Crazy. Taurus season already. Like, how is, how is that? This whole year has been this great experiment for me in, in trying to make the life I really want in my heart happen, but battling my brain and battling my habits. And my brain and my habits are still rooted in that get up and go, get up and grind, you know, don't lie down, like don't just sit there, do something. That sentence kind of encompasses my whole entire brain in a sense, like my whole, my whole ego is so steeped in that. Don't just sit there, do something, get up, get up, get up. And also because I've had so much success in my life because of my ability to get up and go, because of my ability to multitask, to work really hard, to grind, to hustle. Like it's, it's, it's served me in a certain way. It's led me to a certain place, right? So it's almost like I've had it proven to myself that if I work myself into a, an early grave, like I do get a lot done, right? I can bring about abundance that way. I can build businesses that way. I can make projects happen that way. Like I've had, you know, some positive reinforcement around that all the time. And so many people tell me still to this day, even though my life doesn't look like that anymore, how do you do it all? You know, like with this, like if I could, I can't count the amount of people or, you know, interviews or journalists or like people who've asked me that so many times, kind of the first question used to always be, well, you do this and you do that and you do this and you have so many companies and you're a mom and you have a studio and then you teach these groups and then you do social media and you're writing a book and, you know, they would list like the long list of stuff, which for me was always this badge of honor. Yeah. Oh, I started another company. Oh, I started another brand. Oh, I, I'm building this now or I did this, you know, I would kind of add them like notches on the belt kind of, you know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing it all. I'm doing it all. And they would ask like, how do you do it all? It's just, wow, it's just, it's just fantastic. And I would just kind of pretend to be humble about it. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just like, I, I, it's, it's not, you know, I would, I would pretend like it wasn't a big deal, right? Like it's just, it's just who I am. And I find so much joy in this and I love starting things and I have a great team of support and, and I would share some kind of response that I felt like would sound good, right? But actually the truth was that I didn't know how to live any other way, right? I, 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 I didn't know how to not live like that. I didn't know how to not maximize my output in a day because that's what I had been told my whole life I was supposed to do, that that's what it meant to be good, that doing that meant I would be closer to being worthy, closer to being deserving, closer to being lovable, you know, and for every person who asked me that question with stars in their eyes, like, oh my God, you're so amazing. How do you do it all? That would continue to enforce inside of me that, yes, this is it. I, like, I'm doing it right. But I wasn't. I wasn't. And I don't, I don't believe in regrets. I mean, I, I, I think my whole life I have one regret. I really don't believe in regrets. I really, uh, at all, like I don't have that inside of me that thought of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or shouldn't have lived that way. 
because I know if it wasn't exactly the way it was, I wouldn't be here now, right? And it had to unfold that way. And I had to learn a lot of those lessons in a really tough way. But it's like I I actually got to this place now where I did completely change my life. And I, and I did that in such a major way. You know, it really looks, at least from the outside, right? Like, I, it looks very different now. One year ago, and this is going to be one year in less than a week, in a couple days, one year ago, I landed in Sweden with Leia, escaping the mold saga of, of Aruba. Got to Sweden and fully anchored into the longing of, I want to live in the woods. I want to grow my own food. I want to have more animals. I want to not stare at a screen all day. I want to live a different kind of life. Like I want to get back to something more ancestral. I want to be a farmer. Like I I just, you know, that kind of longing of I want to live a life that's really close to nature. It was a year ago that we arrived here, you know, and that realization took years to get to, you know, from from having lived that super intense life for so long and then changing it through the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. But a year ago, and we came here, and if you listen to podcasts from one year ago, you'll hear me on the show crying because I so badly, so badly. I mean, I could, I could cry thinking about the longing that I felt then because it was so overwhelmingly vulnerable and painful and touching. I just wanted a little house in the woods. I just wanted a little house in the woods by a lake with a little... Like, I didn't really care that much, like, what it looked like. I just wanted some land and where I could start a little garden and where Leia could run among the trees and where we could forage for mushrooms and berries and, and just where I could swim in cold water. Like, I had these, this vision, right, of, of what I want. I wanted it so badly. I just, you know, and a year ago, we, we had no clue what to do with our lives. We, 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 we still, you know, had everything in Aruba and our studio and our employees and our lives. And I was trying to convince Dennis that maybe we should move to Sweden, but where are we going to end up? And it took a long time, right? And all of a sudden, you know, it's a year later and I'm here. <laughs> and I am going to cry now because it feels like, it feels like such a, it feels like such a big moment. We, we, we landed in Sweden. We, we flew April 27th and we landed April 28th. And I've been thinking about that date for weeks. It feels like an anniversary. It feels like something. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like our wedding anniversary or something. It feels like a really big date that I just have imprinted in my head because that was in a sense, my return home. It was that first big knowing, like we landed and we had rented a little cabin in the middle of nowhere. And one of my best friends was there to receive us and she had made the space so cozy and she'd made us vegan Swedish, Swedish vegan meatballs with lingonberries and, you know, and, and every day Leia and I were just, we were just in the woods. We were just outside. We were just like with the land. And I, I got to just rediscover Sweden in this major way. And it's a year later and I'm here, right? I'm talking to you from my little cabin <laughs> in the woods on a lake, literally. Um, Leia has made friends with a neighbor, the neighbor's daughter. She's seven. And 
all day. I mean, now that the weather is nice, all day for this whole week, they're just out on the land, um, picking flowers and playing among the trees and playing hide and seek and and building forts. And they're just outside all day, all day, all day, going between our two houses. And when it's dinner time, I get to like open the front door and just call out into the woods, like, Leia, it's dinner. And she comes running, you know? <laughs> and I swam in the cold lake from our own dock yesterday. I'm sitting here recording this podcast, looking out at the pine trees outside. Like we did it. You know, we're we're actually here. I, I have five tons of I don't know if tons in the US is the same as tons in <laughs> in Sweden. But okay, I have five thousand liters of soil arriving tomorrow because I'm I'm starting like I'm actually starting the vegetable garden here. It's happening now, like I'm digging tomorrow. Like it's 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 happening, right? <laughs> so my day-to-day here, it's it's already so different. My life here is so different. I my amount of commitments and pressure and stress, like it's so different. It's a whole different pace of life. And still, right? Still, I battle with this with this inner voice that tells me to get up. This inner voice that tells me I should be doing more. This inner voice that tells me I I am ungrateful every time I get a request from someone for something to teach a class or to to go do this thing or to do a collaboration or to do a project. I turn something down. Uh, that inner voice tells me, oh my God, you're so ungrateful. The, in my inner critic gets really loud and says, you're missing an opportunity. Can't be- you should not turn this down. You need to say yes. This is, it's rude. It's impolite to not do it. This, this critical voice gets so intensely loud all the time about all the, all the ways I should be busier, right? And all the ways I should be in motion all, all the time, even though, you know, I, I am busy, <laughs> even though I, I think from the way my life is now, I would like to step it down a notch. Like I still want to settle. I still, I would like to do less. I would like to spend less time in front of a computer. I still, I feel like have a long ways to go. I'm still doing, right? I mean, I'm creating, I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff all the time. And that inner critic is just never satisfied. And if I look back at my most intense, high pressure, never stop ever, kind of like, you know, the years where I really had maximum output with no break in between anything, the years when I was totally burning myself out, that inner critical voice was still super loud still telling me it wasn't good enough, still telling me I should I should rally, I should work harder, we should be further along, I should be doing better, you know. And what I think is happening, just if I look at it really objectively, is that it's that it 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 takes time to slow down. You know, to actually go from thinking rest is lazy, you know, and I really have to it's like I have to bite my tongue. I have a, a Caribbean-born and like Caribbean-raised husband who takes a nap every day. You know, he's the kind of person who can just sit, he can sit up, 
Literally, he doesn't even have to lie down. He can just sit back on the couch and close his eyes and boom, he's out and he will sleep until he's awakened, right? He can sleep for two hours. He can sleep for 20 minutes. doesn't matter. And then he's happy and ready to go and like continues with his day. And I have to bite my tongue every time my husband takes a nap to not go, should you really be on the couch right now? You know, aren't there things you should be doing? Shouldn't shouldn't you be working? Shouldn't you be helping me with this? Because my my brain works that way. I kind of want everyone to be hard at work all the time. And I know it's this big defense mechanism, you know, because when I was little, it was being useful, being purposeful. It was how I stayed alive. It was how I stayed safe, making sure everybody was okay. You know, I, I really, as, as a child, I got my sense of worth, my sense of value from being good at things, you know, from getting things done. This feeling of it's not safe for me to relax. It's not safe for me to rest because I can't take my eye off the ball, right? Ever. So I also have this ingrained idea that everyone should be kind of in motion all the time. Like, don't just sit there, like, you know, stay alert, stay alert. Bad things could come at any moment. And it's not true. You know, it's not true. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's, it's like we have this beautiful life on this lake, but my, my inner child doesn't trust it. My inner child still feels unsafe, doesn't, doesn't really trust that it's okay to just relax and let go. And my inner critical voice, I feel like the more I, it's kind of like we've been on this freight train going 1 million miles per hour for years. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, let's, let's pump the brakes. And this train that is my brain is like, whoa, 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 what do you mean pump the brakes? And then slowly the train starts to just slow down, but my brain just wants to keep going. And I feel like it's really, it takes a long time. Like my conditioned thoughts are not caught up with what my heart actually wants. And this manifests itself all day long for me as an internal sense of stress. And some days it's just there. Some days it's not there. I still haven't really been able to identify why I wake up with that feeling of internal stress some days and some days I don't. I, I actually, I, I'm not super clear if it's random or if it's, it has to do with my physical well-being or I, I, I really don't know. But I can have days when I, when I just wake up and, I'm, and I feel inside of myself this feeling of like, oh my God, things are out of control. I have to get on top of things. I have to do more. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to catch up with my day. This feeling of like, I can't keep up. <laughs> and then I look at my calendar and it's like, why can't I keep up? You know, this is, it's bare minimum what I have here compared to, compared to what was on my calendar a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And it's almost like the more I slow down, the, the less of an ability to deal with stress I have. 
It's like I've lost that ability to to be, you know, to work with my adrenaline somehow. So now a schedule when I have a couple of things in a day feels really daunting and really overwhelming. And I can just wake up with this feeling of, oh my God, I'm never going to make it this day. Ooh, you know, and I can feel that feeling on the inside all day long. And it's just very present. And then at the end of a day like that, you know, come four o'clock, not even end of the day, three, four, five o'clock, I am exhausted. I'm so tired. And I have to call Dennis, like, I need help. Like, you need to come home. You need to come home and help me with Leia. Like, I'm so, I'm so tired. You need to get takeout. Like, I can't cook or you have to cook or I just, it's like I lose my, you know, my ability to, to just sustain a normal level of energy all throughout the day. And I used to think, oh, well, it's probably because of, of my health, right? Or maybe I'd, I'm not eating well enough or I'm not doing, so, like it's something that was kind of in my control, like I, I should be able to fix. And what I realized over the, these past few weeks is that it's that internal stress that's, that's exhausting me. It's that inner critical voice telling me all day, you, can't, you need to do more and also don't do more because you can't keep up like keeping me caught in this vicious cycle of no matter how hard I work, it's not enough. But also if I work really hard, I immediately feel depleted because it's not how I want to live. So it's like my my head and my heart are constantly in this tug of war kind of. Do more. No, do less. That's not the life you want. But at least do this. Okay, but not for so long. And then what about this? And is that okay? And how are you going to manage that? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I have five thousand liters of soil coming tomorrow how am I going to manage that and things that I've put into place you know because of joy because it's closer to the life I want to live that also suddenly becomes like a stressful thing right because because of all of this internal pressure that I create for myself or that is created inside of me through a lifetime of of just hearing that and living that way and you know, then I have some days when I wake up and that pressure isn't there at all. And it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like waking up and the birds are chirping. You know, it's it's a whole other kind of feeling. It's, it's just, oh, and I look at my day and I'm like, man, this day is so spacious. Wow. What am I going to do with all this time? You know, and I just look at my, I only have this one meeting here and then I have to do this and that. And but it's so easy, like all the things that felt daunting just feel easy. And I'm going to like make myself a really great matcha latte and have breakfast on the balcony and just sit there for a while. And, you know, and then even though I have the same amount of stuff, I feel different because that inner voice isn't there in the way. That inner voice is not out of alignment with how I actually want to live. It's like it suddenly just takes a back seat and like, okay, well, let's chill today then. And those are the days truly where I am more productive, where I get more things done, where I feel more organized, where I feel more joyful, where I, I can really give myself space to rest, where I sit down and I drink that matcha latte and I sit there for 45 minutes and I'm not doing stuff and I don't have to do that while, you know, managing emails or this and that, you know, it's just, I'm just there. And what I really am starting to come to terms with is that it's not that I want to make more room for rest in my life, 
which is how I used to look at it. I just, yeah, I need to do less work so I can make more space for joy and fun and rest. And I'm going to, I'm going to puzzle that in, you know, it's like, wait, (laughs) wait a minute. What I actually really want to do is reframe that whole way of thinking from work is the center of everything to joy is the center of everything. Not that I'm squeezing in rest and joy around work and the things I have to do to feel purposeful and worthy and like I'm getting stuff done, but joy being the center of my life, rest being the center of my life, and then work being the pieces of the puzzle around that, right? Work being the thing I do so that I can sustain my joy, so that I can sustain my rest, Not rest being the thing I have to do to be able to sustain more work, which is how I used to live for so very long. And it takes a whole fundamental shift of mindset to even arrive at that place, to to not try to squeeze in more little windows for a nap here or for something fun there, but to completely rearrange how I look at my life, to really decide that, okay, that this is how I want to live. I want to have a life where I get to wake up in the morning and I feel joy entering my day, where I feel this sense of of purpose without having to do a bunch of stuff to make it purposeful, where my life is the joy. That's what I want. And I, I'm, I'm hoping, and this is, I don't have a clear answer for this, but I'm hoping, right, I have this feeling that the more things I put into place, around rest, around joy, the more consecutive days I have when I don't add more stuff to my plate, you know, the more time I actually spend just allowing that train to really slow down. That eventually, you know, that 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 inner critical voice is going to shift, is going to turn, and I'm going to have more of those days without that internal pressure. That every time I don't beat myself up, you know, for sitting on the patio drinking a matcha latte and I give myself the space to just be there you know and I'm kind to myself and I go no I am going to stay here just because not because I deserve it because I worked so hard before but just because just because I want to no other reason no other reason I don't have to first dig through my inbox and then reward myself with that break no just because I want to be here and I want those moments to be the center of my life And everything is cyclical and everything is seasonal. And there's going to be times in my life where maybe I don't have the luxury to do that. You know, like I really feel like the past few months, it's like I couldn't have slowed down more. I had to get so much done. I had to move through these things. There was less space for that. But I also know that by saying no to adding more things to my plate today, I increase my chances of having that spaciousness tomorrow, you know? So it's like I have to really lead from that heartfelt place today because it's the version of me today that makes up my schedule for the rest of the year. Every single thing that comes my way, I have to sit with, well, is this in alignment with the rest and the joy that I want my life to center around? Or is it a thing that I feel like I have to do because I would be ungrateful not to do it? Or is it a thing I feel like, yeah, is something that I should be happy about, you know, something I I should do because I should work and be busy all the, all the, all the time just for the sake of being busy. 
And can I make a different choice today? And that's going to impact how my life looks tomorrow. And I know that's true. And it would be so beautiful to have a life that was more in alignment with true, true peace and true joy. That even in the busiest times, right? Even in the, the weeks that we have where we have so much work, like even then knowing that, okay, my life and my, the point of this is still to get to the rest, is still to get to the joy. There's something around that. Like it's easier to, I can push myself through a really heavy work period knowing what I'm, what I'm aiming for, right? Knowing what the source of that work actually is. But working just to work, right? <laughs> Living to work instead of working to live, there's a completely different kind of energy that we bring into our work in that space. And I think it makes it, it makes it so much harder, know, to, to get closer to the life we really want when we are making that grind and that hustle the center of who we are. And when we keep rewarding ourselves for doing that, <laughs> you know. So now I'm, I'm getting in the habit. I've only done this with the, the interviews that I've done this year, which hasn't been that many. But when someone asks me that, you know, I say, actually, yeah. And I, I, I used to do all those things. I used to do so much. And I totally burnt out. I wasn't happy living that way. I did, I, I was taking on too many things. I think it would be good if we, <laughs> if we normalized rest <laughs> the same way we've normalized this, this hustle and grind and do all the things and be all the things and have it all. And you know what? I just want to have a nap in peace without an inner voice telling me I'm lazy or a bad person. <laughs> That's my goal. Hashtag goals. Just want to just wanna nap more. <laughs> just want to like dig out this garden and fill my garden beds with 5,000 liters of soil. Hashtag goals. Just want to sit on my patio drinking my matcha latte. Hashtag goals. Like just want to focus on peace and peace and peace. I um I have a feeling I'm not alone with these thoughts and this these things. Something I do know and I can really yeah say confidently is that our lives are different now than what they were a couple of years ago. And maybe 2022, you know, we were all hoping for this to be the big year when everything's great again. Maybe 2022 is the year where we solidify the actions that we want to take for the lives that we really want. It's like 2020 and 2021 was like taking the the puzzle pieces and throwing them up in the air, kind of, just completely rearranging the whole game. And now we're letting things land again and we're figuring out how we want to piece things together. And we know we want to do it differently. So it's just so important that that we make these mindful choices now right? That if we, if we can, if we can, because of course there's times in our lives when we can't, but if we're in a space right now when we can reframe, when we can rearrange, when we can make different choices, when we can focus on the things that we really truly value and have our lives center around that, and this is the year to do it. This is the time to do it. 
Now, of course, is the time to do it. Thank you for tuning in with me today on my uh, calendar <laughs> for today. I have a little bit of work around the course that I'm going to complete and then I'm going to make myself that matcha latte. Just talking about that matcha latte is uh, mm, 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 making me really excited. And I'm going to go line that hammock that I see outside and I'm going to enjoy the spring sunshine. I hope you have a version of that matcha latte in the hammock that you can offer to yourself today. Please, please do. Thanks so much. Yoga Girl Podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. And of course, a huge thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>